0: All right, guys, welcome to solo episode two of season seven. I'm so happy to be here with y'all. I have quite bad allergies going on right now. So if you hear me sniffling throughout this, I apologize that there is just no getting around it at this point. So this is what we're working with. But today I really want to talk to y'all about three things that I think are coming up in our conversations that feel really important to dive into. The first is core offers, the second is trade-offs in business, and the third is using strategies that work. So this episode is going to be a bit of a mix of all of those things, but I feel like they're all really important points to focus on and really things I wanted to pull out of some of our coaching, and so we're just going to kind of combine them all together and get through them all today. So the first thing I want to talk about is core offers. I think you've heard a lot throughout the season so far of me really telling Sabrina over and over to keep coming back to focusing on her core offers. And I feel like there is something in our industry right now that's like really, you know, gotten momentum around kind of always having a different offer or having so many offers or releasing a new offer every week. And certainly like if that model feels best to you, you like rock on, right? But what I find for the vast majority of my clients is that that model just simply doesn't work for them because it's really, really, really time consuming to be launching something new all the time. And also, you know, it doesn't give them that win that they really want with their clients. Like they don't feel like they get to truly pour into those offers and make sure that they are really, really valuable and transformative. And, you know, I think that we have to think about those things, both as course creators, business owners, program creators, and as consumers is that like, yes, sometimes we can make a lot of sales from quickly launching thing after thing, but are we making really deep transformation and really solving problems with those things is a bigger question that we should be thinking about. And I think, you know, sometimes gets overlooked. I feel like so much of the conversation in our space is just about how to make more money, which of course, useful and important. But to me, those tie in like the more you can give your clients really deep, beautiful, transformative experience, the more money you will ultimately make, right? So you want to think about your core offers being those things that you know you can really like lean on and count on that you have the amazing results and testimonials coming from because you really have honed in on that program and know how to deliver in a really exceptional way. And I think that that kind of delivery is starting to get missed in our space a lot. And I really want to continue to bring us back to that. But apart from all of that, core offers are also really, really important because it's truly how you leverage time in your business. So most of my clients don't like the idea of just working all the time. They want to definitely create those transformations, but they also want to transform their own lives and feel like they have time and spaciousness, right? And core offers really give you that too, because you have all of this beautiful content that you've created that you know creates change for your people. And so instead of constantly being in creation mode of that next thing, that next sales page, that next offer, you're really leveraging what you already have. To me, like this is the sweet spot of being a really, really thoughtful business owner in terms of like putting thought into the offers that you put out and like knowing that they create results. And- really being someone that prioritizes themselves and their time and their energy. Like this is where they intersect is with your core offers, right? Because you know you can sell them again and again in a leveraged way and you know they get people really epic results. And so I'm not saying there's not a place in business for the new fun thing. There absolutely is. But ideally those new fun things just lead back to your core offers as opposed to just always selling the new fun thing and not having any core offers does that make sense you know like sabrina here you can see like she has her really core wealthy woman accelerator millionaire mastermind programs and like those are where we want to put our focus but she could do like a paid masterclass that leads into those she could do like a mini mine that leads into those like those are the ways that you can kind of scratch that itch to create the fun new and exciting thing while still leading back to those core foundational offers. So this isn't necessarily an either or, right? It's not like have core offers and never ever do anything new in your business or only ever do new stuff and, you know, never have a core offer. Like I really believe there's a middle ground that a lot of us can get to where we're able to check both boxes and get that like rush of excitement from creating a new program while also having, this foundational piece that we can keep coming back to and can keep bringing clients back to, and I feel like what happens in our industry is sometimes we see, you know, just like the the shiny new thing, and we think, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do to make more sales, and I just kind of want to be an advocate and a voice to say that does not have to be how this is, right? You really can have those foundational core pieces and then add the extra off of there, but. Here's the caveat. If you're much newer in business, I really, really suggest you build out those core offers first. Like the reason Sabrina's business is functioning the way it is and making money the way it is, is because a millionaire mastermind and wealthy woman, right? Like that is her bread and butter right now. So please know that, like if you're hearing this, like this isn't necessarily a call to then be like, oh great, I get to do both. Let me go make a bunch of new stuff. Like please focus on your core offers and your foundation first before you do the other stuff. Because without those, I really believe that you're building a house of cards in your business. And I believe that it will be just much more tumultuous in your business, right? You're always going to be waiting on that next idea, that next launch, that next sale, instead of knowing that you have these core things that are bringing in recurring monthly revenue every month and that are getting your people really consistent results. Like, Those two things, bringing in consistent money and getting your people consistent results are like the absolute basis of a long-term sustainable and scalable business. And so please, please, please make sure you have those in place first. Now, you can listen to this and hear Sabrina's really playing in both, but it's because she's spent time setting those up. And even when she's doing those new offers, what you can hear is they're usually things she's done before in some way. So she's always trying to leverage what she already has Or most of the time, she's trying to leverage what she already has. And then she's having just those small moments of kind of being like, oh, and this feels fun to create. But she is running a very leveraged business at this point. And that's why she's able to scale and make money in the way that she does. So please just remember this. Like, I think it's so easy to get caught up in like, oh, I see someone that's much further along than me doing this. And so I must do that. But what I really want you to see is what she's actually built along the way and how it took many years and many steps to get there. And so the core offers are the foundation of that. And so really, really want to encourage you to keep coming back to that. So I hope that part was useful. And I'm, I'm sure there are many of you that are like, I already know that, but I actually just needed to be reminded of that. Um, So if that just served as your reminder, I I really, really hope that it keeps just bringing you back to how business can be simple and how it really can be sustainable and scalable and have spaciousness for you if you focus on the right things. The next piece of this that I want to talk about that I feel like we really were able to show in a lot of these episodes is trade-offs, Right. At every level of business, trade-offs are going to be present and happen. And I feel like one of the biggest mind fucks of being an entrepreneur is thinking that once you get to a certain level, there will be no (laughs) trade-offs, right? That keeps people stuck more than anything, I think, because they keep waiting for that time where they will be able to make a decision without that. And they feel more and more and more frustrated and disillusioned along the way, instead of just realizing there's probably never going to be a time in business where you don't have trade-offs. But what happens is you get better and better at recognizing them and making decisions with them in mind. So the reason that Sabrina is you know, going back and forth on her decision so much is because she's actually really well acquainted with the trade offs. <laughs> and that's important because she's going to be making that decision with that in mind. So you hear me continuing to bring that back to her. It's like, yes, you can make this decision. And do you feel good about this trade off? If you're my client, you know that that is a way that I coach a lot because I think that the most empowering thing we can do is make a decision with our eyes wide open to the trade-offs so that when the trade-off happens, we're less likely to get super reactive to it or super upset by it or pissed off about it or like wanna burn our business down because we, we knew that was coming, right? Like we had the foresight to see like, oh, if I do this, then I will probably have to deal with this. And so when it shows up, even if it might be annoying, it's intentional. And when it feels intentional, we still feel very much deeply rooted in our power as a CEO, as opposed to when it feels like, wait, I tried to make a decision that would have no trade-off whatsoever, and now I have one. It really spins us out. And I think that that spin-out is actually what keeps people stuck so often. So like one of the trade-offs we're talking about with SABS is, okay, great, if you're going to do the program for 12 months, then you're going to need to have a lot of conversations about why 12 months why the quick win narrative isn't helpful and really kind of like combating that thought process in our industry. So if she can make that decision with eyes wide open, knowing that that is a trade-off and a conversation she's gonna have to have, not only will she be more empowered to go have that conversation, but she'll get way better results because of it too, because she's not going into it expecting that there's gonna be no trade-off that she has to make, and then becoming disappointed When someone's not immediately jumping on or being like, you know, oh, great, 12 months, cool, right? Like, of course, she'll have some people that do that. But if she did not acknowledge that there might be a trade off there and then didn't see the uptick she wanted, it would be so easy to create a ton of stories here of like that being the wrong choice or people not wanting the program and, 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 and And most of that wouldn't be true. What would be truer to say is that in making this decision, there was a trade-off that came with it and we get to lean into that. So you can think about this in absolutely anything you do in your business. Like I talk about this for me a lot of like, I've gotten to build a one-on-one business model and like, you know, have a seven figure business off of it. And like everything about that can feel amazing. And the trade-off is I'm on one-on-one calls a lot, right? So I think you could see how easily I could be like, oh my gosh, see, I need more free time. My time isn't leveraged as much as it needs to be. I, I shouldn't be on calls all day, blah, 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 and like make this huge fucking problem in my business. Or I can be like, amazing. Do I feel good about the trade-off of being on calls if it gets me all of this and it makes me feel this way and it gives me these outcomes and it lets me support clients in this way? Yes. I literally never feel resentful in my business that I'm on calls a lot because I have made that decision and selected that trade-off with eyes wide open so much so that it doesn't even really feel like a trade-off right now, you know, just like for Sabrina, once she leans into this and gets to have that conversation, I imagine that very quickly, it won't even feel like a trade-off she was making. It will just feel like a natural part of like how she runs her business, what conversation she has and how she markets. So... You see how that can be the thing that creates ease, creates empowerment. You know, I think like we're so often looking for something to create ease as though it means we have no problems. And for me, ease looks like actively selecting my trade-off and then working on it from an energetic place so that it doesn't even feel like a trade-off anymore. Does that make sense? I think that that part of I picked it and now I get to get my brain around it is absolute magic. And that is truly where ease comes from in business. And so when you're seeing someone that's so much further along, and it seems as though they don't have trade-offs in many ways, it's probably because they've really programmed their brain to not feel like that. So for me, that's how I feel about one-on-one, right? It's almost like probably so easy to sort of like look at my business and be like, oh, like you have it perfect. Like you have it so easy. I'm like, It would be true to say that I feel a lot of ease in my business, and it would also be true to say that I've definitely had to select the trade-off of doing one-on-one calls and and having those on my calendar. Both are true, right? But the trap is looking for the choice or decision or solution that involves no trade-offs. And so that is where we can get really stuck. And as you can see here, that's where our brains can really bounce back and forth. Like Sabrina's brain is really processing through what trade-off do I want to deal with? What thing do I want to get myself on board with? And sometimes it's harder the longer you've been in business because you're well acquainted with all the trade-offs, right? And so you kind of know what you're picking around and it's like easier to sort of bat that decision back and forth in your head a lot. But at the end of the day, we still want to be really clear and decisive about what trade-off am I selecting? So I just really want to encourage you in your own business to keep coming back to that to one, normalize the idea that every decision you make will come with a trade-off, both big and small, right? I'm talking like a big scale thing in my business in terms of like, you know, the business model I pick, but it also could be just something really small day to day. Like you decide to say yes to doing this podcast interview and the trade-off is like, you don't get these other things done in your business, but like was that podcast interview worth it and did you actively select that trade-off? But every yes creates a ripple that has trade-offs associated with it. And so normalizing and remembering that and being in the seat of your power as a CEO who's actively selecting that is the magic. Even if it means you go back and forth on the decision for a little bit while you're getting there like Sabrina and, and needing to process through it, that's okay as long as you come out at the end really backing yourself, right? Like, that's really what I was trying to get her to in that last session is like, how do you come back to what you want? How do we stop crowdsourcing a decision that you've already made? Like, how do we keep bringing you back to you and that seat of your power? And I really feel like she's going to get there and run with this. But again, don't get it twisted that it means that there's not a trade-off there. Okay? So important. Actively select those in your business, know what they are, be intentional about them, and you will see things transform and feel so much easier. All right. So the last thing I want to talk about is strategies that work. So obviously we want to use strategies that work. That seems clear. Yes. But what I think can happen is that there is this really insidious way where there are strategies that seem cooler or less cool in our industry, right? Like we talked about personal outreach or, you know, maybe like using an application as an example of that, but doing the things that work are so important, or even like an example of this for Sabrina is she sometimes has a tendency to overcommit, like we talked about, and then want to pull back. And so, yes, like, A strategy that quote unquote works would be like being really, really visible and being out there doing all the things and (laughs) it doesn't work long term. So ultimately, even if that would be like the cool thing to do, it might not be ideal because we really want something that works best for her and her business long term. So I want to share that because I think there is this way that we pedestal certain things. So like the personal outreach is something we talked about in here. I think people will be surprised to hear that Sabrina does that because I feel like there's this thing in our industry where it's like you should just be able to put like one you know piece of content out and everyone should flock to you and buy and like that's how like cool you should kind of be, right? Or like you shouldn't have to do personal outreach or if someone wanted it, like they would just get it. You shouldn't have to do any of those things. And the truth is you don't have to, right? But you may want to simply because it works really, really well. And when we can let go of this idea that there's one task that is like cool or better, versus another what it actually helps us focus on is what's working and that's how we can really take like the ego out of business right Is we just look at fundamentally what are people responsive to what's working what feels good right as opposed to like What makes me seem like a certain level of business owner? What makes me seem like a certain level of CEO? What makes me seem cooler or not cooler? Like all of that is the bullshit that gets in the way from us actually getting great results. So Sabrina has totally put that aside with personal outreach and is like, I have no story or ego there. I just know it works and I'm gonna do it. That is so powerful. Like that is when we're truly being a CEO and running our business like a business as opposed to personalizing all of these things and thinking like, well, if people like me, I wouldn't have to X, right? An example of this that comes to mind for me is client testimonials, right? So with client testimonials, we almost always have to follow up two to three times to get a testimonial from a client. I could be like, oh my gosh, that's so, Upsetting, like we would never ask more than once. Like, if they don't want to give it to us after one time, like I would never want to seem desperate asking again, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But the like objective neutral CEO version is like, hey, these clients are just busy. Like, that's great that they have big, busy businesses. And sometimes that's the least urgent thing on their list. And so we often have to remind them several times in order to get it. I don't have any. Ego thing around having to remind them of that. And that's really, really important. And that's what ultimately helps it so that, you know, basically all of our clients give us testimonials, right? Like the outcome I want happens because I'm willing to put my ego aside and not make a story that, like, oh my gosh, we're bugging them or they don't want to. We're done. Like none of that is true. They're busy, is what's true. And if we can help by reminding them, we are happy to do that, right? There's not like a a labeling of this to say like, if I was better, if they loved me more, if whatever. Does that make sense? Like we have to put that ego stuff aside and simply focus on what gets us the most specific version of what we want, right? So like specifically, I want all of our clients to give us testimonials. What helps us get there? Specifically, Sabrina wants, you know, 100 sales and wealthy women. What helps get her there? Like that's how we really want to be coming to it now. I don't mean that you can't say, hey, it feels best for me to do it this way, or this is what feels good to me. By all means, follow what feels good. But what I am saying is let go of the ego chatter around that, right? So another example I think of this is like using an application. So the reason we use an application in Sabrina's business is because it simply makes sense. She has a lot of audience members and reach. And so having something that helps people self-select helps us identify if someone's a good fit before there's like a phone call or a purchase really, really makes a ton of sense for where she's at in business. But someone else might think that they have to have an application because it's what like the cool business owners do or it's what seven figure business owners do. But what's really happening is they're, you know, leaving a lot of money on the table because of that, right? Because they're creating a filter when they're not at a place, to need a filter. Like Sabrina is at a place where she needs a filter, but that's not better or worse. It's just a different strategy. But you see how we can label that as better. Like, ooh, I need to be at a place where I need a better filter. Why though? Why does that matter? Like, unless we're bringing a bunch of ego stuff to that, that completely doesn't matter. You could get like the exact sales you want without having to have that. And that might even prevent you from getting sales at a certain point. So, Are you really going to have that just so it seems like you might be further along or something? Like, do you see how this stuff just is crazy making and it's all stories and ego from our industry about what we think like makes someone better, cooler, more successful, whatever. And that's really my call to you today. Like you may or may not take some of the strategies away that we're sharing this season, But don't do it because you think it's like the cool thing because like a seven-figure business owner is doing it. Do it because it solves the right problem in your business and because it's a strategy that specifically works for you and where you're at. If you're doing it for any other reason, it's really a moment to like check yourself Shift your mindset, get mindset support, process through. But if the reason you're doing it isn't because it just fundamentally solves the right problem in your business and works really well for you and your people, that should be a red flag, (laughs) right? If you find yourself being like, well, I'm doing it because I don't want people to think this, I don't want someone to see that, you gotta stop yourself because that is always gonna lead you astray in business and it's always gonna change, right? Like I've been in this industry long enough to see so many things come like in and out of fashion to a certain extent, like applications being cool or not cool or personal outreach being the thing or not the thing. Like I could go on and on, right? It all changes and evolves. And if you're constantly flowing with the tide of like, what is the in thing? your business is going to be leaving money on the table. If you are paying attention to what works for you and your people, you are going to be the most leveraged and efficient version of your business that you can possibly be because you're just doing what works and you're not making up stories about the rest of it. So I hope that is just a really good reminder to check the intention behind what you're doing, to check that it's a strategy that works for you, solves the right problem, and to use this season as it's really meant to be used, which is to learn how we're thinking about business and applying it. Versus to take one specific strategy we're using and feel like you must apply that. Please only apply it if you're certain that it solves the right problem for you and works for where you're at in business and not just because it seems like the cool thing or some seven figure business owner you heard on a podcast is using it. Like I really, really want to keep coming back to that and being so much of an advocate for that this season, that you're not just taking the things that we're doing at face value and running with them, but you're really thinking about the principle behind it. So I hope that was helpful. I'm glad that we were able to cover all of that. I know we kind of, you know, had three separate conversations here, but the thread that I think really joins them all together is that many of the things that you're doing in business even if you're at early stages, continue to be important and maybe just take on different versions as you grow. So having that core offer is always gonna be important. Choosing your trade-offs is always gonna be important. Looking at what strategies work for you in your business, always important. Like those things matter at every stage and every level of your business. The specifics of those may change or evolve, but those foundational principles are always there and I hope that's what you take away from this season and I hope that's what you can keep coming back to. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business, but are short on time, then you're going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three-minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you, to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to lituplife.com forward slash backpocket to dive in.